Hey guys, welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today I have on Jan Edwards. She is an advocate for child sex trafficking. Did you know that trafficking is a $400 billion business? I, if the, that just doesn't give you chills, I don't know what will. We talk about kids and how they become vulnerable to uh, trafficking and being exploited online. Um, what parents can do, that's like the number one thing. It just involves a lot of talking and communicating with your kids. And here are some scary facts to keep in mind when listening. 10 is the average age of a child being groomed online. Eight is the number of days a predator can groom and recruit a child into sending nudes or leaving home to meet a stranger. And 98 is the percent increase in child online exploitation between 2019 and 2020. And 21.7 million reports of child sexual exploitation were made into the cyber tip line in 2020, which included 65.4 million images, videos, and other files. We need to talk about this more. We need to get it out more. Here's Jan, and I hope you guys make a move after listening to this in any kind of way, just by having a conversation. So here she is. Okay, so you guys know that I love podcasts. I love anything from health, wellness, spirituality, uh, psychology, the works. I'll listen to anything. And you know I love the Skeptic Metaphysicians podcast. I was a guest on it. It was a lot of fun. And if you need to go back and listen to the episode, you know where to find it. But check them out. Skeptic Metaphysicians. They have the most interesting people on just just full of knowledge I hear about topics that I'm not really that familiar with in regards to spirituality so if you like my show and I really hope you do because you're listening please go and check them out skeptic metaphysicians did you always have this advocate mind of thinking were you always an advocate you know, that's such a great question, Davina. My mom, um, my parents were, my mom in particular was very community minded. Mm-hmm. And from the time I was 14, she had me volunteering at the hospital, right? If I wasn't volunteering at the hospital, I was doing something at school, you know, as part of some mm-hmm. club. Um, and she gave me some just really wise words. She said, look, Jan, at the time when I was in high school, she's like, look, honey, this is your community. Shows, And the only way to make any kind of difference in your community is to be a part of it. She said, you've got two resources, time and money. When you're younger, you give time because you don't really have a lot of money. As you get older, you may have less time, but you've got more money, so give money. As you get older, hopefully, you have both, so you have both. So I was, I was very much brought up into my community is my responsibility, and I can't just sit on the sidelines and expect things to change. Like, it's my job as a citizen of my city, my county, my state, my country, wherever I am, to be involved. So, yes, I have always had a sense of community and responsibility. 
That is, she sounds like a very wise lady. Very, she very was wise. very wise. Yeah, she is she up was. with God. So, yeah, she's, no longer um, she's very yeah, proud so she, of you. So thank she's you. Very proud. Yeah. Do you think having, you know, such a, in, like a strong-minded, really like people person, people person kind of? You could call her like a people person. She was for the people, loved people. Do you think that helped you? Uh, kind of connect to other people who didn't have that kind of role model? Um, Actually, it's interesting. It was my dad that did that more than my mom. Ah, My mom wasn't an introvert by any means, but she was not, you know, gregarious. My dad, um, my dad had a sense of responsibility for everyone. And Mm. in college, I remember um, my dad, when I came home, he literally expected me to bring people wow. <laughs> who, who couldn't, you know, make, because I, I went to college in Northern Arizona University. I grew up in Scottsdale, Arizona, not the Scottsdale mm-hmm. people know now, by the way. Um, <laughs> it was a completely different Scottsdale. It was very much a, a cowboy town. Um, but, you know, there were people from school, you know, it, up at my college that were, you know, lived back east and they couldn't always go home for Easter or Thanksgiving or, you know, one of, some mm-hmm. of the, you know, lesser holidays. And so every time I came home, there was an expectation that I would bring people because he knew, you know, he was committed that that people had a place to go, had a home to mm-hmm. come to, mm-hmm. some sort of sense of family to celebrate, yes. you know, and so... I'd come down some weekends and there would be cars of kids with me. And my mom used to laugh and say mm-hmm. that she'd, you know, open the bedroom doors to count feet and heads to see how many, you know, how big a breakfast to make, you know, cause everybody's That's sleeping cute. all over the house. You know? So it was really my dad that gave me this sense of, you know, if you don't have a place to go, you're welcome at my home. I love that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So do you think, yeah. Do you think like having a strong sense of community can prevent children from being, you know, vulnerable to being exploited? Absolutely. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really interesting that you ask that question because when you have a sense of responsibility to another, right. Mm -hmm. When you've got a sense of this is my community, I'm responsible for it. You're going to, you're going to see things differently. Right. You're not mm-hmm. going to always talk, tell the kids, you know, heads up, eyes open. You got to get your head out of your phone and look mm-hmm. around and talk, talk to your friends. Right. Be with your friends. And and when we go into the schools and and we have a two, three, we have a two 90 minute program. So, you know, three hours. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things we invite kids to do is to go go out and be a part of their community like go sit with the kids who are generally sitting alone at lunch and I'll ask them all like y'all know who they are right and they'll nod their head and I'll ask I said well what do you think that would do for that person if you just plop down and like hey I know we don't know each other but I'm just going to come eat lunch with you today is that okay we don't have to talk yeah I'm going to sit here right I said what do you think that's going to do to that person Open and them up a bit. Some, mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it's always that kid in the back that raises her hand and says, someone noticed them. Right. Someone saw them. And we have no idea the kind of difference that can make. 
We have no idea the kind of impact that can make on the, the child that they sit down next to. That could be you know, their future best friend, right? Their future boss. Who yeah. knows, right? Oh, wow, <laughs> you know? yeah. Oh, yeah you know? Even go and, ahead. Mm-hmm. And huh. the... And the the other thing I'll do with kids is I'll bring the the one with you know the big energy and I'll I'll mm. say if y'all know that kid that's walking down the hall and they you know when they're coming before they even show up and everybody nods you know they they know who that is and I'm like okay imagine they're that way on Friday and then it's spring mm. break and imagine they come back not that way I'm like what would you do? Because I'm a huge fan of of people discovering for themselves the solution. I don't have all the answers. Right. They don't have all the answers. But -hmm. together, we can create something. You know, I ask the right questions, get their brain going. Who knows what they might come up with as the solution. Well said. So probably, I guess, Growing that sense of community and fostering those connections can help kids feel less lonely and vulnerable to being exploited. So that's what we could say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the Mm -hmm. other thing, too, is they feel like they're not alone. Right, yeah. You know, and that's the other thing, too, because I, I, you know, say to the kids, look, I promise you there's somebody that sent an inappropriate picture to someone they shouldn't have in their life. I promise you there is. Yeah, of course. I said, and and it may have gotten a little too intense for them to know what to do, and they feel stuck and trapped. You now mm. have the knowledge. You now have the information that when you share this with your friends, somebody's going to come back to you and go, "Remember that thing we talked about a couple of days ago?" Yeah. Well, I'm dealing with that, and I don't know what to do. Will you help me? I'm like, right mm-hmm. there, you can make a difference for someone. You know, I'm like, you yeah. can be a hero. You can save someone's life just by having a conversation. You know, and it really empowers them to open up a little bit. And we address, you know, the past two years have wreaked havoc on their lives. It really mm-hmm. has in ways that we'll not know about 20, 30 years from now. We'll, we'll know the impact on society it's had. And I know. And, and to be able to have the kids have it acknowledged it was really interesting because I haven't been be able to be in a whole lot of schools right the past two years, right. and it's starting to open up more. And last week, last week I, I stood in front of over sixteen hundred people. Um, okay, well. I'm a little tired, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, educated a bunch of people. And when I say to the kids, it's been a heck of a two years, hasn't it? like you can watch their shoulders drop and their breath is like <sighs> because somebody finally said something out loud acknowledgement yes somebody has addressed the elephant in the room <laughs> the big elephant to them. the real big one <laughs> yeah to them you know they feel like their voices haven't mattered and so they become resigned and cynical we did that as a society. They didn't do that. We did <sighs> So for the parents now, how can they stop mm-hmm. their kids from becoming victims? Sure. 
Well, the first thing parents need to do is they need to understand the environment. And, and mm-hmm. I'm going to give you some facts for them to get because the brain holds data two ways, facts and stories. So I'm going to give both. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I'll give them a, and then really there's a toolkit on our website they can go check out. So um, I'm going to give you three numbers, eight, 10, and 21. Okay. It takes less than eight days to entice and groom a child online to send an inappropriate picture to a stranger. Hmm. Less than eight days. There was a little girl here in Apopka, Florida, and she, you know, good ho- good household, right? Ha- happy family, good family, solid mm-hmm. family. And uh, this guy from Georgia, you know, she got on Insta, Mm-hmm. She thought this guy was her boyfriend. He okay. drove down from Georgia. She willingly got in his car. Mm. Luckily, because yeah. her parents, you know, knew her social media, they knew where she was. She took her phone with her. That doesn't always happen. And they caught him before they crossed state lines. And okay. parents can look this story up and show share it with their kids, okay? They can share it. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I want parents to fully understand is our children's prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed until between the ages of 28 and 32. <laughs> okay? So, yeah. So when, when we come in with our wandering finger of blame and the, my most favorite words, you should have known better. Right. Right. You've just now shut down any opportunity for a child to share with you. Because thing parents, they didn't know better. They didn't know. And that's the thing. Is is our decision making part of our brain isn't done until we're almost thirty. So you've got to always take that into consideration when you're talking with your children, continually reinforcing and developing the good decision-making skills, right? So mm. it wasn't that little girl's fault. She thought this was her boyfriend. Right. From her point of view, from her context, from her little brain, that was her boyfriend. Because see, our kids are missing connection. They're missing the deep friendships they used to have at school. Now, granted, mostly they're temporary for just high school, okay? (laughs) Right? Yeah. But they're important at the time. It's their life. And we took that away from them. And we sent them right to their cell phones. Unintended consequences or intended. I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't have the bigger picture. But our children are more risk now than ever before. So eight days, ten, the number ten. The average age that predators go after kids is ten to thirteen. Oh, John. Fourth and fifth grade. So the sooner we have these conversations with our children, the better. And the later we give our children an interstellar device, the better. Gab phones work. I don't care the whining, screaming, gnashing of teeth. Your 10-year-old <laughs> doesn't need a smartphone. I, I, I agree. Don't. I agree. And I don't care what they say to you. 
And the more parents that stand up for this and the more parents that talk to one another, the less peer pressure there will be in our kids. They'll be like, yeah, I got a gab phone too, versus, you know, making fun of kids because they don't have a smartphone. They don't need it, really. And the schools that are using WhatsApp to, to force communications, that's got to stop too. You can use email. Mm. Email the parents. Right? You don't really need a smartphone, in my opinion, until you're probably in your late teens. <laughs> High school, maybe. 15, I didn't 16. have texting till I was 15, 16. Yep. There we go. There <laughs> and we I go. hated it. I felt so yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? Here you are. Yeah. Here you are. Right? And so the last number, which kind of brings both of the first two numbers home, is 21. Mm-hmm. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children had 21.7 million child sexual abuse material reports last year. Uh-oh. Yeah. 21.7 million. And those are the ones reported. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say right? like three times you, as much. Mm-hmm. You know it's two to three times that. Mm. So this is a real this is a real pandemic, and it's costing our children their lives. I know. And it's such and and this is something we can actually prevent solely by having a conversation and empowering our kids, right? So there's mm-hmm. some numbers that parents can share, and. What I coach parents is to have a simple conversation, something like this, right? It's like, you know, so honey, I was listening to this really cool podcast today and we were talking about human trafficking and and online exploitation. And they were talking about, you know, it takes less than eight days to have someone send a picture, kids in particular, to a stranger. And And then she talked about, you know, these predators these online people that are bad people, right? They mm-hmm. they send they send DMs. Have you ever gotten a DM from someone you don't know? Of course. You gotta be super gotta be super neutral. Gotta be super neutral. Right? Mm-hmm. And and super just curious and go like, have you ever does that ever happen to you? Right? And then you'll watch. And they're gonna you'll know by their body language if they're telling you the truth, if they're <laughs> or not, and then it actually opens up a whole other conversation. If they get squirmy, look down, look around, right? They, you know when your kid's lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right, you do, you know. And they yeah. go, oh, no, Mom, I, it's like, honey, it's okay, it's my fault. You know, and then you're going to see a shift. It's like, honey, it's not your fault. These people are intentionally targeting kids. I'd be surprised if you hadn't gotten one. What you do? You know, is there a misconception? Again, is there like a big misconception about trafficking? Mhm. Yeah. Yep. Exploitation, online exploitation, is a form of human trafficking because okay. these predators want content. They want the pictures of our children mm-hmm. to trade, buy, and sell. all of this is on the NCMEC website, 60% of kids, of predators, sorry, 60% of predators, all they want is content. Mm 
Mm. And they'll start so simple, Davina. Send me a picture yeah. of your feet. I'll send you ten bucks. Okay. Now put your feet. Now put your feet in a pair of shoes. I'll send you another ten bucks. Now send me a picture of your, you know, lower legs. Send me a picture of your arms. Mm. Step by step. Slow, you know, it's like frog in boiling water. Mm. You know, you put a frog in warm water and he thinks he's happy. Swimming around. Yeah. You start to turn up the water, you know what happens, right? Yeah. So these predators will start very innocent and slow over time. Other predators will just come flat out. I was, uh, I, one of the times I spoke last week, a little girl came up to me and she said, um, "This person on the on the DM didn't ask for a nude. Asked if he could asked if he could send me a nude." Oh, uh, <laughs> like well, at least they asked. <laughs> wow, so polite. What the heck? Yeah, yeah um, I was like so polite. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, oh lordy. So you know, our kids are getting eight to ten messages a day or nudes or requests for nudes every day and at some point in time they're going to buckle you know we're our our children are best neutral right now right they're not super Mm -hmm. super happy and they're not super super depressed they're just at at best neutral right and then you put on top of that you know my boyfriend broke up with me i got a c on a test my mom yelled at me Right, the coach mm-hmm. yelled at me. My little sister stole my sweater. I, you know, a, a myriad right. of simple things. All it takes is one day for two or three of those or four of those to stack on, and you get a DM from a quote, quote, cute guy. Your prefrontal cortex is already messed up because of what you're dealing with, with whatever it was that happened today, and you're at that low point, and you say yes. And you start that conversation. And the analogy I like to use is, Davina, if you and I went to the U.S. Open mm-hmm. and we're at center court, we're at, you know, center court, and Serena Williams is down on center court, okay? And okay. she invited you down to come play tennis. Who would win? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a good one. She would, right? Um, she would always would win. <laughs> all, all day long, unless you're a professional all tennis day player. Long. Right. Yeah, right. Now, 100%. imagine in an online, yeah, in an online environment, you've got a 45-year-old brain and mm-hmm. a 14-year-old brain. Who's going to win? Ugh. And the kids, and the kids yeah. will be like the adult. I'm like, yeah. I said, so I'm here to tell you what's happening, to inform you and to get you to think differently when you get these DMs. Every every single time, you got to get 1,600 people, okay, over the past, from Wednesday to yesterday, I stood in front of and educated, okay? Uh, out of those 1,600 people, maybe 20 people did not raise their hand when I asked them if they got a DM from someone they don't know. Huh. Yeah, these predators cast a wide net, and all they wait for that moment for that young person to be uber vulnerable and then they're in and then once that inappropriate picture leaves that child's phone Mm -hmm. there's no getting it back and if the child 
hasn't had this any kind of education about this, or the parents haven't had any education about this, they feel trapped and alone. And, and like and, failure. And bingo. Have and will contemplate ending their life. Mm. There were two little boys um, several years ago that um, they thought they were engaging with a 16-year-old girl. And one thing led to another, and they started sharing pictures. It got uh. very intense. And these and, and it wasn't just pictures, right? It was right. self-abuse, self okay? And... Um, and then, then videotaping it, um, or you know, what, you know what I mean, and uh, on your phone. And it got right to the point where this 16-year-old girl said we should meet, and luckily, the 13-year-old said no. Mm. Right. Two years later, this individual walks into their high school. Mm-hmm. Buddies hold up the phone and goes issue. They've taken all those inappropriate pictures and put together a pornographic video and posted on Twitter. Wow. Mortified. Goes home. Yeah. Does does all the things he needs to do to have a piece of content taken down on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. They don't take it down. He's talking to a friend of his saying, I think I, I can't do with this. I, I, I think I'm going to end my life. Luckily, she was smart enough. Mm-hmm. Pick up the phone, you know, talk to her mom. The mom called his mom. His mom, of course, went into his room. It's like, honey, talk to me about what's going on. Right. They talked. She called Twitter. She did everything there was to do to get this video down. They still wouldn't take it down. She was wow. talking to her pastor, just totally distraught. And her pastor said, I-, I actually know someone in the FBI. Let me see what I can do. Amazing. Took them nine days. Wow. From day one to day nine, there were 167,000 views. <gasps> well, I got that's, the kind, that's the kind of harm that is happening to our children, unbeknownst to them. The moment that picture leaves, they feel trapped, and they don't have anybody to talk to. That's why it's like I can't get out in front of enough children. <laughs> you know, right. I can't get out in front of enough parents. Because parents can, they can make the difference too. Because when they start talking about this, you know, at the dinner table, it's like, oh my gosh, I heard this information. Did you guys know this? You know, very inquiry-ish. And then talking about, well, what would you do? If you got a DM from a stranger asking for a nude, honey, what would you do? Mm. Uh, You know, I don't know what I'd do. What would you do? Can you advise me? Right, so you kind of alter the family dynamics, and then when for parents, we have a a parent toolkit on our website, which is pavingthewayfoundation.org, and mm-hmm. you can download the parent toolkit, and it gives you facts, it gives you some stories, right? But it more importantly, it gives you some questions, very neutrally kind of questions to start this conversation because it's a weird conversation to have with our kids. Right. I get it. It's uncomfortable. It's odd. And it's so important because one or two conversations can have your child be like, oh, no, I'm not supposed to accept DMs from strangers. It's that moment. 
it's like, nope, this could be a predator, right? Just planting that little seed. And I tell kids, I said, you got to trust your gut, right? I'm like, you know, that, that, that feeling and they'll all nod their head. It's just super great. And, mm-hmm. and I said that trust that I said, the world is a wonderful, magnificent, marvelous place with some bad actors. <laughs> I said, it's up to us to discern the bad actors. I said, so, if, you know, your friend says, hey, my brother's cousin's sister's aunt's niece is having a party this weekend. Do you want to go? I'm like, what do you say? And they're all like, no, my God. Keep it that way. If it doesn't feel exactly. right, it's probably not right. That that was literally given to us by the most high. So use that discernment. Trust yourself. You know, if somebody says something that just feels or sounds off, it's okay. Trust you. Mm, very true. And so I know this is like a rough question, but how do these rings start? Well, I, I'm not sure what you mean. The trafficking rings. Like how do the trafficking rings start? Uh, you know, I'm going to be stra- I'm kind of a straight up kind of girl. I can't yeah. answer that question. You can't answer. Um, okay. I can speculate. Mm, okay, let's speculate. I can speculate. And I, I can I can only speculate with a couple of stories. So first of all, it's a highly lucrative business. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think we're up to a four hundred billion dollar industry now. No. So, oh yeah, it's the fastest growing illegal industry, yeah, in the in the world. Okay. Wow. And the current environment, you know, isn't helping. You've got all these people displaced from, you know, Ukraine. You've got people displaced from Afghanistan. You've got people displaced from all over the country. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's huge. Um, And it's high profit. Um, I could speculate that a lot of it comes from people that, you know, run drugs. Because if I sell mm-hmm. drugs, I sell them. I sell them once, and you have to buy them again, right? Right. Over and over. Yeah. It's one product to one person. In this environment, it's one product to multiple people. Far more profitable, um, because of the tactics used to keep the women and and men in place, right? Fear, mm-hmm. guilt, shame, drugs, alcohol, all of that. Um, that impacts their cocoa bottom line. You know, I can sell a person multiple times a night. So I'd assert if there's drugs and there's guns, there's women. So I think that's part of it. I know there are people, I, I like I know this, that there are families and that's their business. There are children that are literally born into this. They're created just for that um you know and then i think other times it's environmental you know because someone doesn't Mm -hmm. just wake up one morning and go "Hmm, i think i'm going to sell people today i just doesn't i don't think it happens that way i don't know Uh, personally i just i can't see it and you know it's kind of like murderers they don't wake up one morning and go yeah i think i'm going to kill somebody today it's generally a it's an either overtime build or it's a, you know, um, in the moment rage that something happens. 
And, uh, you know, so I, I think a lot of it's like that. I think there's, you know, especially in the environment where this can happen, you know, it's, you sell drugs or you, you know, buy drugs, right? It's one or the other. And somebody comes along and says, like, you know, there's a different way to make money. Let me show you how. Now it's environmental as well, I think. So, um, but I haven't really spoken to anyone on that side of the business yet. I'd love to do a research paper on that. Um, I would be interested. Yeah, because I'm big on prevention. And, mm-hmm. and there's a three sided there's a three sided coin here, right? There's the trafficker, there's the victim, and then there's the buyer. And there's only two ways I know how to reduce this. One is prevention, right? Decreasing the supply. The second is to reduce demand. Because if you reduce demand, there won't be such supply needed. Um and because of the impact of the videos and pictures, you know, children. Um, there's, yeah, there's just, there's long-term impact for them. And there's a dopamine hit. Pornography is as addictive as opioids. Okay. Mm, I've heard that. So there's, yeah, so there's this, neuronal pattern, there's this brain pattern that happens with people that are addicted to pornography. And some people are addicted to child sexual abuse material or online sexual abuse. So there's reducing demand and, you know, we're in the process of working on some pieces of legislation at the federal level Um, There's a piece called the Earn It Act that actually holds big tech accountable for hosting these types of inappropriate, explicit, harmful pictures. And that's one way we can help to regulate this. The other way is to reduce demand, which is find Mm -hmm. out what is it that's driving these people to do that, right? And I say people because there's men and women. And on the other side, how do we have these conversations with our kids for them to get? If a boy asks for an inappropriate picture, do you really think he has your best interest in mind? It's for self-gratification and bragging rights. And so I'll say to the young boys, you know, how many of you have younger siblings? And they'll raise their hand. And I'm like, okay, let me ask a question. Do you want your younger sibling's picture on one of your buddy's phones? Exactly. They get, all, they get all squirmy, and I'm like, great, stop asking. And I'll say to the ladies, do you really think that if a guy asks for a picture as a demand of dating him, he really has your best interest in mind? They're like, no. I'm like, great, stop doing that. They're worth more. There's mm-hmm. so much value that you have no idea, and that one picture can damage the rest of your life. Very true. You know, so stop doing that. And I had a in I was at a high school last week and there were three baseball players and there was perfect, right? And I said, Gentlemen, I'm counting on you. I said, When you're in the locker room and someone says something disparaging about another girl, I said, I'm counting on you to step up. Go be dudes, not cool when you talk about her like that. 
my sister's friend, my girlfriend's friend, right? I said, you've got to bring some humanity to this. I'm counting on the three of you to do that when you do that. They're like, yes, ma'am. I'm like, really? I'm counting <laughs> on you. You know, and they're like, yes, ma'am. I'm like, okay. You know, but it's really going to take men stepping up to disrupt the conversations about women. And it's going to take mm-hmm. women stepping up to disrupt the cattiness among each other. Well said. Really Thank well you. said. This was a great interview. Thank you so much. Can you tell everybody where to find you? Absolutely. Pavingthewayfoundation.org. We have uh, all kinds of resources on the website. Got videos. We have links to our YouTube channel that have tons of videos for parents. We have downloadable kits for both parents and young people and a donate button on the top front page because we are a 501c3 and should this conversation have moved you if you are touched and moved and inspired to take a new action and you want to say thank you you can always say thank you on the donate button and we fully appreciate your prayers along with you having the difficult conversations with your kids because it will make the difference and it can save their lives absolutely all right, Jen, I wish you best of luck with the foundation and everything that you're doing. Thank you for being such Thank a great you. advocate for the children. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity to share with your audience. I appreciate it. Of course. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder. If you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, really appreciate ratings on Apple, reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support. Have you guys heard of Rakuten? It's where you can shop all your favorite stores online and make money. Yeah, you can make money. I have made thousands of dollars. Granted, I've been on it for a while, but if you're someone who's an online shopper, you need to sign up right now. And you can use my invite link. That's Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N dot com slash R slash Divina 141 rakuten.com slash r slash divina 141 happy shopping and make some money